Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with health, performance, and how to elevate the human experience. I explore the latest tools, science, and technology with experts in various fields of human optimization. This is your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. Beautiful. All right. We kicking off. This is round two because obviously I couldn't figure out how to click record on the first one. So Roy, welcome back, my man. We out here. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's uh, It looks like it may be a sunny day here in Amsterdam, which is good because in my part of the world right now, sun goes down around 430 and so, you know, we have very limited time with with the sun these days, which we can get into some of the goofy stuff that I'm up to, to make sure that I still stay sane. But mm. um, you are in fucking Bali. So I am. You are. I am. I, I was, shout outs to, shout outs to G, DHL. They delivered. <laughs> they delivered. Did, <laughs> did you get your magnesium? <laughs> oh, uh, I did, but I got it from the shop actually. Okay, cool, cool, um, cool. Got it from a shop close by. Mm-hmm. But um, what's been up on your side? Uh, yeah, so what's been up on my side? Let's let's get into that. Um, so it's been, what, a quarter since we've recorded one of these. And, you know, it's fascinating kind of how this year has developed. Because in previous years, I've spent... of my time on the road and doing speaking, doing whatever. And it always seemed like you're rushing to the next event. And in between those events, you would scramble to do any sort of long-term planning, right? Mm. Let alone learn something. And so what's been characteristic of this year is being able to anchor myself in one place, whereas, you know, before it was 50% on the road. Now it's 95% of my time here in Amsterdam. And, you know, we were talking about this when we when I goofed up the first recording, but uh, it's been amazing to just one fall in love with the city and appreciate everything that's going on here, but two being able to get into uh, more learning routines in the sense of you know, you know some of the people that I talk to all the time, like rather than just constantly trying to quote unquote hack the information and learn at a surface level so that I can be able to talk about it in a smart way. I'm actually being able to go deep on subjects and being able to understand a lot more things. And so that's been um, enlightening in a way that I'm able to have that experience. And, you know, I'm incredibly, I'm actually pretty happy with how this year has panned out so far. I know a lot of people out there are struggling, um, but in this year certainly wasn't what I anticipated, but Mm. it's been amazing and and all through all of that i'm trying to buy a house right now which is it seems like everybody's trying to do but Mm. you my friend are surfing every day sending videos that make me a little bit jealous not gonna lie Uh, i was supposed to be in bali in july but that got delayed and so tell me a little bit more about that yeah, so I I got here. Mm-hmm. Um, as we said, shout out to DHL, <laughs> which actually the 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 funny thing was uh, when I found my the way I found my um, passport was I I went out for for skate for just like a a little cruising with my skateboard, mm-hmm. 
and I came back and it was not inside my, uh, inside my, my mailbox. It was above the wall. So it was just hanging on there. Like my passport was just wow. on the wall. Yeah. It was just out there anyway. It was an amazing experience for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll we'll be able to talk about that later. But the fact that it happened when I let go, mm-hmm. um, I got it back, and I flew out here, and it all panned out the best. But I, we'll talk about Bali in a little bit. I feel like, but I, I, I wanna I wanna pick pick out some something from what you've said, mm-hmm. and it's more around subjects you learned about. Yeah. What what did you learn more about? And that I feel like it'll also lead us to to some relationship talk and how how that pans out for you. Yeah. Because we've talked about it last podcast. Yeah. So let's um let's go into some of those things, right? So if you look at my my focus has actually been mainly around the idea of how to make better decisions. And Mm. a lot of that, so by virtue of the fact that I'm here in Amsterdam all the time and that I I work most of my day with the transcriptions team in California, I have periods of my day, which are what I would call lower bandwidth, meaning that unless I have client meetings, I can study quite a bit. And so if you if you take that lens of decision making and say, how do I make better decisions? Well, um, Daniel Kahneman and a few others have written great books about this. But if you look at the way a, a human is built and sort of this idea of us kind of having a, a lazy part of our mind and a, a very quick decision making part of our mind, far fall of a far too many of us are reliant on that uh, quick decision-making part of our mind or what Daniel Kahneman would call in thinking fast and slow, system one. Uh, system two is a very lazy system, but it's a very high bandwidth system. So these are, it's what gets activated when you're trying to learn something new or when uh, you're really trying to make a complex decision and you don't want to jump to conclusions really quickly. And so a lot of this year has been really how do I engage that system too to make better decisions, uh, mainly from a business perspective. And you know, I can go through some of those books that I've I've gone through, but you know, the the study of We'll do that later. Yeah, of course. We'll definitely do that later. The study of decision making has brought me anywhere from back to to game theory, which is something that I haven't really studied in depth since college, but more looking at it from an evolutionary lens, um, to uh, neuroscience. And so looking at the components of our brain and how, you know, there are really how we're somewhat handicapped in in certain ways to make very complex decisions and why humans with, and, you know, probably after, sort of game theory and neuroscience, then comes sort of the social cultural programming and the cognitive biases that we all have. Mm -hmm. And just, it's been a fascinating study for me. And it's something that I now have integrated in my life every single morning. There's, there's like a chapter from four different books that I read that the hope is, is that someday I'll just be a much better decision maker as a result of all of this. But I, I guess I can already see the benefits of it too. And so that's been uh, quite a wonderful experience on the learning side. 
you mentioned relationships. And so. Wait, yeah. wait, before we yeah. run sure. up to that, I'm sorry. What, what do you incorporate these chapters in your daily routine? So there's four books that I read from every single morning. You know, some people read things like the Bible. Some people read, you know, whatever sort of spiritual book. I, mm-hmm. I, I read from these four books and those four books are, this won't actually get into the best books of the year, but this, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just like in, embedded in your daily routine. That's what I wanted to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. For myself. So if you look at, in kind of my morning, Right. And yeah. I, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have an alarm clock because I, I've spent a lot of time kind of ingraining my circadian rhythms. And so when I wake up, which is usually between five and six, uh, it, I'll start with a meditation. Right. And that's just something that I've done. I, I've actually begun to hit that almost 100% of the time now, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, of course, that's after drinking water, but I'll start with a meditation. Then I'll go into reading from these four books. And what they do is they're very, very short chapters, but they're on things like cognitive biases. They're on things like um, mental models. And it's also kind of going a little bit into that neuroscience of system one and system two. And we'll get into some of those books later. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's let's keep on moving to relationship because <laughs> we talk we talked um, last last podcast we did talk about your relationship with uh, your lovely significant other, yeah. and we were you were saying that you weren't used to that kind of uh, um, mindset of seeing that person mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been? What has this been? To you, like what has this been like to you as a journey, mm-hmm. and then what what do you guys do to maintain what you have? Yeah, so uh, very good question. First off, she hasn't left me, which is fucking amazing, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're yeah. pretty, pretty, uh, pretty much of a hard person. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine from outside perspectives, or at least I've been told that in sort of past life when I was a very different person. I, I can be very difficult, but uh, you know what have we done and, uh, you know, just sort of the relationship side of things. Uh, if you think about what I said earlier, 95% or, or sorry, 50% of my time is being spent outside of Amsterdam. Well, that meant that I was only here for maybe max a couple of weeks at a time. And so there was always coming back, which brought this whole novel, new kind of fresh perspective, uh, which mm. is great in some ways. Uh, and so you know, or as before I thought I was running to the next step, now I'm able to settle in. And that includes with uh, my relationship with my fiance. And she, first off, is incredibly tolerant of of a rather busy lifestyle. But if anything, yeah. we've grown a lot closer. Part of that is, is, of course, because we have spent a lot more time together. But we've been able to cook more meals at home together. We've been able to have uh, more in-depth conversations, et cetera. Um, During the day, we have very, I wouldn't call them separate lives, but like obviously she has her career. I have my career. We're both working from home. She works in another room. I work in this little dojo here. And 
you know, we come together for things like lunch on occasion. Of course, dinner is always together because we're not allowed to really go out and see other people. Well, sorry, that's wrong. Um, We are allowed to go out and see other people, but see other people in the sense of lockdown. Uh, But at the same time, we want you know, we're able to have more frequent meals together. And one of the things that I enjoy about our time together is that she she can talk about anything, which is great because if you look at our podcast, it's kind of reflective of the, all of the things that I'm interested in. I'm interested in philosophy. Mm. I'm interested in nutrition. I'm interested in the environment and how it impacts us. We're going to have some stuff on uh, coming up on uh, activism. And so you know, she's able to carry those conversations and, you know, is interested in those things just as much as I am. And so one of the things mm-hmm. that we've been able to integrate integrate in our lives is sort of daily walks and going outside. We live very, very close to a park here in Amsterdam. So at least going outside once a day together and kind of spending some time in the park on the weekends, going for that coffee and just chatting about world events and what our views are are on them with a a kind of a non-judgmental stance, uh, meaning that Mm. she may not always agree with me. Um, I may not always agree with her, but that's okay. And we have very, very friendly debates along that line. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been challenging at times, right? Like there's times I'm the type of person that needs to kind of regenerate alone sometimes. And you're not really given that space in this environment. So you have to find more creative ways to do it. Mm. Yeah, you can you can unpack a lot of things from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's the fact of relationship, in my opinion, that you know, I, I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this are single. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because busy people tend to be single at times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially entrepreneurs, and you know, people who go like with the work, work, work kind of route. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, the beautiful thing you've presented here is to have, to look for somebody, I guess, who's looking to where you're, to a similar place that you're looking to. Yeah. And then like, whether you're doing marketing, whether you're doing completely different things, if you guys are in, intrigued by by similar things, not the same things, but similar things, they can always cross paths mm-hmm. and they, the, these subjects can always kiss and you, she can fill fill up your cup a little bit and you can fill up her cup a little bit um let me let me add to that I, a little bit here because yeah, i think please. um what's and you know i i've had a number of relationships in my life and what's actually helped make this one work is that we complement each other very well in the sense mm-hmm. that um she we we are very different And in many ways, and Mm -hmm. we look at the world in different ways. And so she helps fill in going back to earlier, what I said about biases and sort of Mm -hmm. looking at the world in certain ways and being fed continuous information that supports uh, those, those biases that we all have. And we, we certainly all have those biases. She challenges those. And so she comes from a different angle and challenges those. Mm. She's reminds me of someone. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) That a person who challenges biases, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, and so she Sorry. she certainly helps me kind of challenge my thinking. And 
you know, we complement each other very well. And so that that's worked well in our relationship. We're definitely not the same people and we both have our own independent lives, but when we come together, we make each other better. And so that's, mm. that's sort of what I, I really enjoy most about our relationship. Mm. Yeah, there's, I mean, relationships are, are an amazing topic mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I may, because, I may pull her on the podcast yeah. soon. So let's see what it let's Yeah. What okay. Like. Yeah. Let's, let's leave that for another mm-hmm. podcast, but, um, let's, let's have a little switcheroo here. Yeah. Um, what's, um, a switcheroo, uh, you know, like technical term, a little technical language, term, right? <laughs> and a, a little, a little, um, language barrier. So I say words that I kind of have to do with what we're going to do. We're just going to switch a subject okay. right now. Yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll and, jump to um, another topic. Yeah, let's let's talk about, about some uh, episodes we've had this year. I mean, I've... So you've had the... I, I mean, can, dude, how many episodes yeah. have we done together now? I, I, I lost track. I think after a, about 100, I lost track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been, we've been doing this for a minute, so... Yeah. How, yeah. Um, what I, I guess let's talk. I want to ask you this question. What's been your favorite oh. couple of episodes this year? Oh, man. There, there, there were. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up uh, Angela. Mm-hmm. Be, just because I've been uh, looking to kind of uh, shift my mindset, and I've been uh, reading a lot into epigenetics and uh, into the science of of what you would call depression, mm-hmm. uh, what in Zen, in, in kind of Kaizen, they might call fear. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Angela's episode really awoke, uh, awoke a lot of things in me mm-hmm. um, because she was talking from a very, very sincere, deep story place. Yeah, she was pretty raw so, about that whole conversation, right? <sighs> Wow, I was I was sitting with my jaw dropped, like tears in my eyes, like in 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 some of these points. Mm-hmm. She's wow. She was a she wowed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Let's let's start let's start with one that you really Yeah, you really look, like. um there's kind of if you look at how the podcast has been flowing, I generally go down various wormholes of topics that I'm interested in. Uh, certain times of the year, we've gone through episodes around anxiety. Uh, certain times of the year, we've gone into productivity. Certain times of the year, we've gone more into sort of that nutrition, but also cognitive enhancement. And so uh, if you look at the episodes, let's let me frame that question in terms of the episodes where I've learned the most. Um, Mm. the one that first comes to mind is that episode with Greg McEwen, right? And so Mm, you can read, and Essentialism is one of the few productivity books. And I think it may be the only one where I continually revisit it probably a couple Mm. times a year because there's this tendency, at least from my end, that I think I could do everything. And so I'm naturally going to try to do everything. But the fact is, is that when you add more to the list, um, you end up with this sort of diluted uh, quality 
if you will. And so when I had that episode with him uh, offline, he told me, he's like, yeah, it sounds like you're gonna have a few tougher conversations. And I certainly did. <laughs> and uh, since then, I've been able to focus more and been able to get more done in cho- sort of my chosen direction rather than just saying like, hey, I'm good at that. So maybe I should do it. <laughs> my my perspective has more been to pause for five seconds and just kind of look at it and say, I'm yeah, I'm I'm good at that, but do I need to do it, mm. or is it better for somebody else, or is it uh, something that just doesn't serve my purpose or my my sort of overarching goal, if you will? And so yeah. uh, that that's one that comes to mind. I think the episode with Dom D'Agostino, which is our most downloaded episode of the year, is mm. just fascinating more from the sense of how he structures himself because Dom is. I mean, I hate the term influencer, but he's certainly a big figure in the ketogenic world. He's incredibly knowledgeable and one of the foremost experts on the ketogenic diet. And he mm-hmm. still gives most of that influence over to charity in the sense that it all goes back into the research. Because, and when I looked at how he structures life, it kind of made me shift how I look at um, things like revenue from other businesses, like how can I use it to make a bigger impact rather than necessarily using it to buy a latest gadget or whatever it is. So that mm. those are a couple of the ones that I really, really liked. Um, obviously, there's there's little tidbits I can pull out of every episode, like Josh Holland, uh, great episode on movement. But how he looks at awareness through movement is just to me, just super, super special. And, you know, Julian, who is now become a pretty good friend here in Amsterdam and that episode around uh, more how he looks at anxiety and depression as functions and how he can use movement to manipulate those functions so that you can overcome those situations. Great, great episode too. Uh, So I get a little bit out of every episode, um, for the most part, but those are kind of the ones that come to mind right away. Same. I mean, for sure, there's, I have uh, in my notes, I, I always have notes from people and, and from things they've said or books they recommended mm-hmm. or stuff like that, because, you know, these people are walking gold mines. And um, to be honest, I've reached out to a bunch of these people yeah. um, and you've connected me with some of these and I have actually that uh, a few that became my clients mm-hmm. uh, as a podcast editor and just, I mean, the bandwidth of things, like the, 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 the amount of things people are doing in the world is just like insane, yeah. insane amount of things and wealth and all these things. Uh, something that came up uh, to me in the beginning of what you were saying was hard conversations, Mm -hmm. meaning, uh, could you expand on that just like a little bit? Sure. Um, I elaborated on this a little bit, I think on our last gem session, maybe even the first one, it was, there was this point in time over the first half of the year where I thought I could do a lot more, uh, than I could. And look, I, know I have an above average bandwidth and there's a lot I've done to my life in order to construct that bandwidth. But uh, it's like going to, I don't know, pick your sort of uh, pick your developing country and having that experience with the internet. If you have 
10 people logged onto the internet at one given time, you may have diluted bandwidth in that sense and you, your yeah. web pages may load, load slower. Yeah. Uh, so when I was having tough conversations was revolving around taking that diluted bandwidth and kind of making it less diluted. So trimming off mm. the fat, so to speak, of the things that I was trying to do in the world. This included peeling back my involvements in certain companies. Uh, this included right. peeling back uh, some of the the other ideas that I wanted to brew and really just taking that sort of Derek Sivers approach to to life and saying, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. And that obviously leads to a bunch of conversations. You don't necessarily, I, I don't really want to just disappear. I had had to have tough conversations with people about my involvement in their various organizations and say like, hey, I can no longer be this person for you because my focus mm -hmm. is elsewhere. I need to peel back mm -hmm. my time. And what's amazing about that is when you, you prepare for these conversations, you always anticipate them to be worse than they're going to be uh, right. for the most part. And people really appreciate honesty in terms of yeah. your bandwidth because the, the last thing that they want is to be chasing you all over God's creation to right. just really get you to respond to an email. And so when I started to pair those things back was when I could really pump up the gas, so to speak, on mm -hmm. uh, what really matters to me. So it feels, so now you feel way lighter. I do. I, I'm not perfect yet. I mean, we're all just sort of. Nobody's and, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're all just sort of a, an ever evolving organism anyway. But uh, for me, it's, you know, there are going to be more conversations that need to be had, but I'm on that right path. And I know how those conversations uh, need to go. And I'm also much more excuse me, I'm also much more careful about what I say yes to now. Uh, there's something that mm. Rolf Dobelli says in his book, I think it's called The Art of the Good Life, uh, where it's the five second no. And so what he outlines in there is uh, we have all these, I mean, I'm sure you have this too, Roy, right? You have people that reach out to you and they say like, hey, can I have coffee, whatever. Um, and or, hey, can I have coffee? Hey, can I have a phone call with you? Hey, can I, um, you know, take 20 minutes of your time to ask you about this? And in principle, 20 minutes of your time is not much. But if you say yes to all of those tasks, if you will, or all of those things, pretty soon you have pretty, you have very diluted focus. And so mm -hmm. in that book, he outlines a, a way to just avoid that. And so, what he says is the five second no. And so for me, how has that manifested itself? Rather than saying yes to everything right away, I, I usually just give a kind of a templated answer of I'll come back to you and mm. then I'll take it back and figure out, okay, what do I actually need to do? Because I, there are people that I would love to have coffee with. There are all people that I would love to speak with, but is it necessarily the right time for that conversation um, or is it necessary at all? And having that perspective and taking it back and thinking about it has saved me a lot of time and certainly given me a lot of focus. Hmm. Definitely. I can, uh, I can de highly resonate with that because mm -hmm. in the music world, you know, um, 
people want a piece of you when you become someone i get i'm not saying that i'm i'm i'm, I'm like this master producer now producing for rihanna or whatever but, but you know you should it's check just, out his shit people like it, it's really good so appreciate it mm-hmm. project dropping real soon mm-hmm. but anyway um the the thing is that people see you people see how you move mm-hmm. and then they want a piece of that mm-hmm. um regardless if it's just for coffee or you know and there are two types of people in my mind there are people who genuinely want to create a conversation with you mm-hmm. and there are just people who look to drain you from your information yeah um which is again it's okay like giving you you usually get something back but sometimes a person energy just feels off and you don't have to have uh you don't have you don't need any explanation sometimes i went uh, ecstatic dancing the other day oh that that's sounds what like do. that's what you do in bali of course <laughs> yeah uh, can yeah, you explain with, ecstatic with dancing for people because i like i've done it before oh, but yeah. I, i want to you know let's the audience sure. may not be as familiar Yeah, so expect except for surfing and making music, I just love love experiencing uh spiritual practices mm-hmm. and one is ecstatic dancing, which is just like you come to a space and you just dance your ass off mm-hmm. and the rule like a rule is you can't just like start staring at people. It doesn't work like that. You can't talk to people. Whoever wants to be by themselves will be by themselves and it's just like an energy energy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say there was this one dude who was just walking there and he was super high energy and it was just not where I was feeling. And I saw this person and my energy, like I just, you get to a place in ecstatic dancing where you, you just feel energies. Mm-hmm. You don't, uh, you don't judge, you just feel. Mm-hmm. So I felt it was way too intense for me. So I walked away. Mm-hmm. Like literally just like, boom, shot myself to the other side of the room yeah. and felt so relieved. Mm-hmm. Um, not because this person was a bad person, just because I, you you talked about a, a five minute no. And I love that because, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have um, a, a whole body yes to things. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the other, that's the other side of things where your body just like gets excited and pumped and you're like, holy hell, this is the project that I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it happened to to you, you know, where you're like, this thing clicks with me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so just taking it back, sometimes an energy doesn't feel right. Yeah. And you can't, you can't put your finger on it. You just like, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So you just go go with the no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, yeah. So I, look, I've developed somewhat of a, not really a framework. Well, I guess it is a framework in a way for dealing with these sort of things. Um, unless the person comes out, if they reach out to me and they seem genuine, I'm willing to play the tit for tack game, which is just going back to game theory, right? So, you know, I do something for you, you do something for me kind of thing. And just kind of seeing how that relationship develops. In many mm-hmm. cases, it develops just fine. And, you know, it's a a mutual discovery and seeing if we have uh, the ability to collaborate together. But in often cases, uh, you mentioned something earlier about the sort of vampiric tendency or parasite tendency of people. Uh, mm-hmm. In often cases, people just want to suck stuff from you, but they're not really willing to engage in uh, 
a mutually beneficial conversation. And so in those cases, I try to avoid it. And there, there are ways to, to really identify those, uh, those types of people very quickly. And I, I do find that tit for tat works quite well in just figuring out if this is going to work or not, but mm. it's, um, it's a long learning process. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and that tat doesn't always come fast. It's, no. it's it's just like if you're on the if you're on the other side, you're on the asking side of it. Expecting something back is always the worst thing, and that I found out yeah. Um, yeah. from from doing these things. Expecting that that result back, that feedback, mm-hmm. that uh, whatever. If you're on the the giving side of mm-hmm. things. Is that is a very hard thing because you're basically working for free, yeah, for with with another person giving your value, um, yeah, and you know, I, and that's why I think setting a time period for that tat, you know, if you work with that person for a whole month and you hear nothing back from them, so you know, they they might be unappreciative of your work. It's it's just like. I feel like it's just like how human how humans would work. Yeah, exactly. And um, we just need to. I, I I don't think tit for tat is an instantaneous thing, and I certainly want to give more than I receive. But there there is sure. a point where you try you ask yourself the question of is this a uh, mutually beneficial relationship or is the person just mm-hmm. out for themselves? And that may take some time, and each one is is different, but in order to make the world just easier or more simplistic in a way, uh, I'm almost a hundred percent of the time, the exception there being is if the person just comes across as sort of a brazen asshole, then I almost a hundred percent of the time I will respond at least the first time and just kind of see where this goes. But Mm. yeah, man, it's a, it's a definitely a learning process. Hell yeah, man. We went on quite a little tangent We there. did. I love we that. did. I love that. Um, but Take us back, I, I, I my think man. It actually, <laughs> I think it, it actually leads us back to kind of uh, to, you know what? Something that I want to I touch because you've had so many things happening in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been uh, um, like recent experiments Ooh. that you've been dabbling with in the in these past few months that we, uh, that we've, since we've jammed last time? Yeah, uh, very good question. So in this episode, we joke a lot about DHL and them sponsoring this. And no, this isn't a commercial for DHL. Uh, what is awesome about DHL is you can ship all around the world. And there's a certain company that does that as well. And they're called Bioptimizers. I search relentlessly for the best supplements all around the world. And this is really a digging into purity, quality, and just making sure that there's no shit in there. And Bioptimizers has the best magnesium out there, and it's called Magnesium Breakthrough. It comes in servings of 500 milligrams, which is absolutely amazing because I used to pack four or five bottles of magnesium in my carry-on bag all the time, and now I get it all in one little bottle. And so if you want to try this out, head on over to bioptimizers.com slash boomer, use the code boomer, and they have some ridiculous bundles going on in December, and they always have really good discounts. So head on over to bioptimizers.com slash boomer and use the code boomer, and you'll save big. Let's get back to the episode. 
first off, the last time we jammed, the sun was out a lot later um, in the sense that Mm. it was still, I think, it was September. And so we were still had sunlight well into the evening. Now, just to set the framework for people, the sun doesn't come up until 9.30 a.m. and it goes down around 4.30. So there's not that much sunlight during the day. And there's obviously a lot of people that suffer from things like seasonal affective disorder. And seasonal affective disorder being you know, sad or kind of depression, etc. And the first year mm-hmm. that I moved to Amsterdam, I got some instances of that meaning like you know i was just kind of mopey i wasn't able to get a lot of stuff done etc and so uh, one of the things that i went out and purchased when i figured out that we were actually going to be here this holiday season because for us we usually travel around the holidays we usually go south whether and the plan was to go to new zealand this year but that obviously didn't happen because you can't get into new zealand right now without a kiwi passport and so i went and purchased a, a UVB lamp and I can't show it to you right now because right behind this camera, but it's essentially uh, the light bulbs that they use for snake lights and I can UVB leads to the production of vitamin D. And so I can sit under there for five to seven minutes a couple times a week and get my vitamin D levels up. It also can be used to help sync circadian rhythms. And so mm-hmm. the experiments that I've been running uh, on that side of things has been, okay, how do I get my circadian rhythm optimized at a time when the sun isn't really present, which is the sun being the foremost mm. uh, sinker of circadian rhythms. And so yeah. what I've done is I've got the UVB light. I've, of course, got um, this red light here from sauna space, and I've been using those strategically to help kind of manipulate my states, if you will. Uh, a few other things that I've been playing around with, which has been absolutely fun uh our work from home workflows and i I continually come back to the pomodoro technique as sort of what i use best for productivity but some of the things that i've tried are um, theming days and so uh theming days meaning things like uh you know Saturday is marketing day or whatever it is. And Sunday is uh, planning day, you know, those kind of things. Or Monday is planning day as an example. Um, Love it. And theming days and just making sure that those days have a particular focus. Uh, I've also changed up my morning routine initially uh, to embrace more uh, randomness and, and to bring make it less or more anti-fragile in a way. So mm. three months ago, I was quite strict about a morning routine. Uh, now, mm. because I work with a team in California and by the time I wake up, it's pretty late in the evening in California, I do have to catch up on some things before they go to bed. And so I've embraced a little bit more randomness in the morning uh, mm. with the idea of bringing uh, some of that structure back later in the day. And so let me explain what I mean by that. Um, When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I I still do, and I outlined it earlier, is meditation. I still get my reading done. But after that, I'm okay to to check in with Slack, email, whatever it is, and just see what's going on in the world because there are some things that it would be helpful for me to have their perspective on before they go to bed, and we may have to volley a few questions. And so I've embraced that putzing 
that Jeff Bezos would call in the morning. I could try to get that all sort of wrapped up by 10 a.m., including my workout. Mm -hmm. And once that's all done, then I'll go into just, okay, what am I going to get done today? And the hope is, is over time that this habit builds that my quote unquote deep work session, and we can get into why I don't like Cal Newport very much later, but um, my hope is, is that I can develop the, the system so that my actual deep, deep work periods start around 10 a.m. and kind of last mm. through that middle part of the day, which is actually very, very challenging. Mm. But yeah, we've got a lot of experiments. I'm also, I mean, on the diet side, I've, I recently noticed some sensitivity in my, my gut from just various things that I've been eating. And, you know, around Thanksgiving time, the diet, I mean, we're all human, right? And so sometimes you try foods that don't necessarily serve you. And I started realizing that I was like getting this experience of bloating and I'm like, wow, what is this? Uh, And so recently I've developed a little bit more of a a heavier fasting protocol, uh, a, and a low FODMAP diet, which FODMAPs are just simply certain types of sugars uh, that you can remove from your diet and it's pretty restrictive. Uh, So it's part elimination diet over the next couple of weeks just to see uh, which of those are triggering that bloating feeling. Uh, But more on that probably next year when we do a jam session on that. Next year, whoa. Yeah, it's crazy, 2021. That sounds far, that sounds so far. Yeah, I mean. I mean, dude, you're in Bali, so enjoying the moment, right? I'm definitely getting my vitamin D as you see my hair is getting that. Yeah, you you look like you're ready, you know, to leave hip hop and go into 80s glam rock, but that's okay. Right. (laughs) I'm joking. Or being a super Saiyan. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, wow, there's so much, so much, so many points that came out from this morning routine. I've also, you know, I'm in a new location now, Mm -hmm. so I had to change all my, Everything basically because your clients um, are all in other time zones, right? Right, mm-hmm. right, definitely. So I, I, I start in the morning. I wake up. I open my Tinder. Oh, um, there you go. And no, I'm just kidding. But I, I, I wake up. I also try to uh, meditate and stretch. I've been feeling uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, like tense around my neck. Mm-hmm. So I usually start my morning with like spins and uh, not spins like body yeah i guess like body composition stuff and a bunch of warm-ups mm-hmm. and things that i picked up from movement mm-hmm. and just do them in the morning um get my body moving do a 10 minute meditation mm-hmm. usually yeah then i open up my uh my phone and see if i got messages from my clients in america mm-hmm. um to see that we got everything straight and we're good to go and then I usually go out for surf for me because here in Bali, I've been lucky enough to get in here and there's waves every day almost. Mm-hmm. So no, there's waves every single day, actually, if I look for them enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go surf. Usually it's about a two hour thing. Another thing I've in- incorporated in my morning before I go surfing is um, I bought some MCT oil. Oh man, butter, Roy the biohacker. Yeah. 
A little bulletproof yeah, coffee. Yeah, huh? I mean, I'm a bit late to that train, but I, I, I kind of, I started uh, incorporating bulletproof mm-hmm. into my day because regular coffee just gets me jittery as hell. I think I'm very sensitive, mm-hmm. uh, so bulletproof coffee in the morning uh, with a. I, I actually throw a banana inside, so I get that extra energy. Yeah. Uh, are you using, I don't know if it's a thing. Are you using but, uh, regular coffee or decaf? Uh, regular. Yeah. Definitely I just uh, just like I just went decaf yeah. for Ooh. um basically oh, like I cut out caffeine for the past couple of weeks. I'm gonna say like I'm sleeping so much better, which is which is awesome. Wow. But anyways, let's go back yeah. to let's go back to how does bulletproof coffee help your surfing? Does it? So not not only my surfing. I I just I feel like it might be the MCT. There's not enough research behind it, but um. I just don't feel uh, as many cravings in the yeah. uh, along my day. Mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to just like grab uh, uh, sweets, which I I do have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about yep. it, and just I don't have these all these needs because I have the energy and I have the the what I need from my body to to go on. So I would usually go for a surf after the bulletproof coffee. Mm-hmm. Um. And from there, I go to the sauna. We have a sauna here that is, we have a sauna and a cold plunge and a spa. And that's, that's been transformative for me. It's been just like going in for that. It's, um, it's not a, it's not a three, three degrees Celsius, but it's a, it's a 13 degrees Celsius, which is cold enough to really challenge you. Mm -hmm. Um, so a cold plunge, I get into that cold plunge. I'm now, I can get in there for like eight to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I do sauna, cold plunge, hammam, like the, the steam room, uh, plunge again, steam room plunge. Then maybe you're wet. You're wetting my appetite, man. Like this makes me miss Bali even more. (laughs) Oh man. So sorry for that. But anyway, that's, I I usually finish with cold Mm -hmm. and then I feel like, Superman. Yeah. Um, but then I'm I'm going to to eat something. Yep. Which would be my only big meal of the day usually. Mm-hmm. So and 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 that's the thing. I feel like my my the coffee is still there, like the the energy is still high. Mm-hmm. So I can go through that meal and keep going with my day. Good. That's what I've I've been feeling in my life. But that's when I start work, which would be at I know it's late, but around twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. Probably something like that, 11, 12 o'clock. But it works for you, right? And I think if anything, uh, during this whole work from home situation, we've realized something, uh, which I've been kind of harping on for a while in this future work world, is that really what matters is you just get the work done, right? And so who Mm -hmm. gives a shit if you start at 9 a.m. and finish at 5 p.m.? Like just get, get the work done whenever you can at your best workflow. I know for me, like that's usually in the morning. And so I'm much better at getting things done in the morning than I am in the afternoon, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also better in the evening than I'm in the afternoon. And you can work with that strategically to like just have it work. And if you want to go surfing sure. in the middle of the day, that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people who, who kind of, uh, and I, me included, I've sinned in that, which I like, I, I, I blame myself for being demotivated in certain times of the day. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, you just got to listen sometimes as cliche as it sounds, freaking listen to your body yeah. for a second and, and see that you might be 
I'm not fucking functional after 10, uh, 8 p.m. I'm not very functional. Yeah. My body's not, my body wants to start going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll, I'll get, I'll get maybe some, some, a little bit of writing done or something like that, that would just like end my day peacefully. Good. Um, and, and that's the thing I feel like, and I want to take it back to Cal Newport because you say you had a few things that you kind of uh, um, disagree with him on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Cal, I appreciate what he's done um, in terms of how he's, he's written books and all this stuff and he's done a decent amount of research. Uh, but I think there's context with everything. Right. And so, uh, Cal Newport preaches, you know, deep work, digital minimalism, uh, et cetera. And rather than kind of this gets to a dogmatic approach of towards productivity. And, I think that's pretty dangerous, just like dogmatic approaches to diets are. Because if you tell a Wall Street trader to go and do three hours of deep work during the day, he's going to go tell you to fuck off. Um, if yeah. he, uh, if you go and tell an influencer to stay off of social media, that's kind of stupid because that's how they make their money. And so right. with everybody, there's different approaches. And I know for my life, I, I have a hybrid approach between uh, David Allen, who's been on the show, uh, and yeah. Cal Newport, who at some point I would like to have him on the show. But he wrote this article. The the thing, the major issue that I have with Cal Newport right now is that he wrote an article, I think for the New Yorker um, or New York Magazine, about yeah. uh, how getting things done was dead and just the structure for getting things done at a high level. GTD? Yeah, GTD. You like that? And okay. so... David Allen's stuff. Yeah, and he just, amazing. he wrote this article, but it had no real substance to it other than mm. people have problems with GTD over the long term. Um, and that that is true. It's very hard to adhere to over the long term, but that doesn't mean it can't be used as a tool for some. And so by saying that is dead, which I guess he did for clickbait, purposes uh he in effect um really just kind of cast off this whole idea as nonsense which gtd has helped millions of people around the world uh just kind of get their head together and and in fact if you actually look at the components of gtd what it's trying to do is get you into sort of a zen-like state by having you get stuff out of your brain and onto paper Um, whereas cal newport's very much a fan of uh, not using inbox zero and other strategies, but he, his article was not very substantive in terms of what is the next approach uh, after GTD mm-hmm. because deep work certainly doesn't work for everyone. And so I think there is, there's a medium there, which I, I hope he expands on in the future, or at least I'd love to bring him on the show and talk to him about it a little bit. For sure. Uh, I, uh... I have to address something and, and you know, like not everybody uh, uh, likes Catholicism, yeah. but you know what? It's some people do amazing things with Catholicism being the theme to their life Ooh. and or, or you know, or whatever religion you can take it anywhere, mm-hmm. right? There are people doing amazing things in every field and I'm sure there are people who really benefit from, from Cal Newport, but... My problem was I was actually you, you want another thing I was in a I was in a tantric workshop a few weeks Ooh, back and that's fun. Um, 
Yeah, it was fun. It was just like, it was also a clickbait kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was like the webinar uh, uh, approach to things. They were promoting their uh, workshop and whatnot. But the the there was a girl and a guy and the guy was always caressing the girl. And, you know, like they're so perfect Ooh. together and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the thing was, she was giving advice and she was like, love is not porn. Love is not. She starts like sounding like a, like a preacher. Wow. And, and it really like, that's the moment when I shut off. It was like halfway through the, the, the workshop. Mm -hmm. And it was clearly a person who's not to, just like, to, in my opinion, it's clearly not a person who's very balanced about their thoughts because mm -hmm. they're not presenting it in a balanced way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a scientist, when a scientist talks to you and, and, and your listeners can challenge me and just go back, they never say it's like that. They say science suggests yeah. blah, 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 you know, because there's always in science, there's always, uh, uh, there's always a room for doubt, yeah. which is what I, I love about science. And that's what, what's also like very, very dangerous with uh, uh, cult leaders or, you know, yeah. like uh, um, religion that people just come up to you and say, if you don't do this and this and this, you're going to die in hell. And it's like, whoa, wait, 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 one second. Mm -hmm. What if I do want to follow? Why Why are you pushing me so far yeah, away? Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, and that's what this article is about for me. It's it's It pushes me away. It makes me want to use these methods less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, not everybody's a productivity nerd too. And it's uh, so for some people, they're just fine where they are. But if you're looking for productivity information, um, I would just encourage people to check out all sides of the, the story before picking one. Definitely. Um, yeah, I want to lead this conversation to another place mm -hmm. uh, because you, get, you you lead all the conversations oh. you do. And I want, I want some of that. I want some of that. Uh, um, I want some of that leading okay. power. Okay. So um, let's let's take that because we've talked about books that we kind of liked and maybe maybe uh, less agree with. Let's let's take some of your favorite reads, the ones you use for um, for your breakfast. Yeah, your breakfast <laughs> my, books my and, breakfast and what champions. And, there you go. Yeah, and 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 what and what you're you're actually up to in in terms of favorite reads for 2020. Yeah, so uh, let me lay, I, I mentioned earlier and we kind of gave a teaser about this uh morning routine where I read uh, a chapter from four different books. And those four books are all revolving around the theme of decision making. Uh two of them are actually by the same author, but um the Art of the Good Life by Ralph Dobelli. Uh, the Art of Thinking Clearly, also by Ralph Dobelli. Uh, the Tao of Charlie Munger right now, although that can be swapped out with Poor Charlie's Almanac at any given time. And then uh, the fourth one being uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And so all of those have to deal with how to make better decisions because um, one of my involvement, my main involvement is, uh, requiring me to make a lot of better decisions faster. And so it's, um, really working on that muscle, if you will, to make better decisions. Now that that's sort of the first part of the morning and it takes less than an hour to read those four chapters. In fact, it's probably more like 30 minutes. Now, you asked a question about favorite reads of the year and I have to glance over at the bookcase in some cases because 
Uh, there are many, many good reads from the year, but let's just start rattling them off. Uh, you just hinted at religion. So uh, I, I've obviously gone through a deep investigation of spirituality and what that is to me. And one of the books that's helped me with that is The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins. And mm-hmm. that goes a lot more into just sort of the parts of, of organized religion that I didn't necessarily agree with growing up, um, but also helps me kind of look at the parts of the organized religion that uh, didn't don't really make sense, and uh, at least to me. And that, that's been helpful as well. Now, let's kind of look at some of the other reads. Uh, Annie Duke has a, a new book out also on de- de- uh, decision-making, uh, which escaped, the name escapes me. It's on my Audible. But um, I think it's called How to Make Decisions. And she's absolutely fascinating. Um, she takes a lot of Daniel Kahneman's work and makes it more reachable for people, which is obviously useful. Um, a lot of my health-focused research this year has gone into the cannabis space and kind of looking at the endocannabinoid system and how that helps uh, things like our nervous system and neurotransmitters and is involved in so many bodily processes, but we know very little about it. And so uh, the cannabis pharmacy is certainly a a good book to look into on that. Uh, Now, it's because cannabis is continually uh, coming out with new information, new sciences becomes uh, easier to do the research it may get outdated soon, but uh, Cannabis Pharmacy is certainly a very interesting uh, book. I would recommend the hard copy book or paper copy rather than the audiobook because the audiobook gets tough to follow at certain times. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm just trying to think of what else I've, I've been pulling around these days. Well, let's, uh, there's from a classic startup point of view, the one that I always go back to is um, Crossing the Chasm, and that's a great book. Now, this is a business book, and from another point of view, looking at psychedelics is uh, Inner Paths to Outer Space. And if anything, I've become more convinced that these substances can play a role when used correctly and responsibly in helping with mental health. And so I know that from personal experience, but I also know from some of the things that MAPS is doing in phase three trials with mm. um, with the FDA uh, on long yeah. MDMA and PTSD and some of the things that could be going on in the psilocybin space. It's all very, very exciting to me. And so if you look at my focus, obviously I have a very diverse focus for reading. Um, I still read passages from the Vedas, for instance, uh, every once in a while when I need to sleep because it's very good for that. But also it's just a fascinating book that's been around for thousands of years. And so very, very diverse reading again. Um, But I like to take these books and kind of extrapolate little pieces from them and see if they can kind of go across different knowledge platforms in the sense that what can I learn from the cannabis pharmacy that may apply to productivity. Uh, And those kind of, uh, that kind of critical thinking, if you will, has served me very, very well. And I believe it kind of touches a little bit on orthogonal thinking, which is core tendency of mine uh, that I, I, embrace but that's just some of them i I do read quite ferociously so 
probably put down at least a book a week. And I know of others that put down a book a day and I haven't gotten there yet. No more Blinkist? I do have Blinkist. Um, I use, I mean, but I don't necessarily count those. Uh, I use Blinkist in a different form than I used to. So Blinkist actually serves two purposes for me. I guess the original purpose is how I used to use it, which is how to devour business books because there's dozens of business books that get published each week. And most of them, the idea can be summarized in one or two pages, which is what Blinkist does for me. The other way I use it is a screen before buying books. And so I'll listen to the Mm. Blinkist. And if I really, really like the book, then I'll go out and buy it because, uh, or if I like the concepts in the book, I'll go out and buy it because I know that Blinkist is only able to capture so much in 10 to 15 minutes or however long the audio Blinkist is. But it's, um, it's extremely useful tool for helping me identify where, um, where I want to invest more money, more time in a longer book. Mm. Mm. Um, something, a segment I want to add to what you were saying mm. is, uh, do you have any new gadgets that you've been, uh, <laughs> been, been messing with since our last conversation? Yeah, I mean, let's look at that. So uh, the inertia wave, I'm not sure if I talked about that the last conversation, but the inertia wave is sitting right here and it's kind of like a battle rips gone wild. Um, and it's very, very good for core exercises. And actually our mutual fund, Josh Holland got me turned on to those. Um, but it's good for, I mean, it's very, very good for core exercises. Uh, I have the UVB lamp, which I mentioned earlier, and that helps with, um, it certainly helps with you know, getting vitamin D here in the winter. And, um, one of the things I'm feeling like a snake. Yeah, exactly. Feeling like a snake. Exactly. You'll start doing, (laughs) you know, uh, have you ever taken one of those obnoxious Harry Potter quizzes online to see what house? No, no. I I did once and I, I tested in the Slytherin for some reason. I don't know what that means about me, but maybe that means I could speak snake or something. Um, Let's see what else. I I got a whole new work from home setup, right? And so what I did was is I I invested more time focusing on how do I make this sort of Zen Den Dojo, if you want, uh, much more productive for me. And so I ended up with a curved screen, you know, the new uh, Apple Mac mini and like the speed at which I can do things is a lot faster. And so this entire construct of stuff uh, with me, behind me, et cetera, has been developed to help me just get in states uh, of flow a lot easier. Um, that being said, another mm. thing that's coming today and that I'm looking forward to report back on later is uh, a sauna blanket. And so you have access to an infrared sauna where you are. I will now have a blanket at home because gyms are closed here, so I can't necessarily go and get... Uh, in a sauna cabin, but I'll be able to have a sauna blanket here. And then the last thing really is the pin in my arm, which is a continuous glucose measurement uh, device. And so uh, the company is called Very, V-E-R-I. I've done an Instagram live with these guys. It's on the IGTV, but uh, I'm fascinated by the idea of measurement and have been like, yeah. this is one of the foundational things that we've talked about in this podcast many, many times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. glucose is one of those markers that's so easy to measure, 
we can now measure it continuously. And you can look at uh, your reaction to things like exercise, reaction to things like cold plunging in canals, which is what I've been doing uh, quite frequently, uh, reaction to things like sauna, but also how foods react to you um, or react for you. And so uh, that allows you to get more bio-individualized. And if anything, uh, the conversation always come back comes back to me to how do I take all of this information out there and make it useful to myself and continuous mm. glucose measurement has definitely helped me in that arena. Yeah, I'd definitely like to hear more about that. I mean, like Dasha's been doing it on her uh, side yeah. and that's been cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like your, your, um, your progress would be something that I would, that I'm interested, I would be interested in knowing more about, but, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're we're done with gadgets, experiments. Oh, you were talking last time. We were talking uh, quite a bit. You were talking about uh, psychedelics. Do you still um, yeah. are you, do you still have a, la- a little a, a little bit of a microdosing um, protocol or anything like I that? I do, and you know, this is virtue of the fact that I live in a country where these substances are easy to acquire and in most cases yeah. legal. And so I'm able to try these things at my leisure. I I do have a microdosing protocol um, where I do it twice a week. And that helps me with anything from focus. uh, But also, you know, there's often times in life that we all get sucked into the weeds or the matrix, so to speak. And, you know, how do you create that distance for yourself in order to um, to re- recognize what's really, really important, but also to kind of bring you back to center, so to speak. And I find microdosing has helped with that. Um, it has been known to have effects on the ego and kind of dampening that. And the ego, it, it does certainly serve us to a certain extent and has from an evolutionary perspective prevented us from getting killed. But how do you take uh, that evolutionary perspective and now passport it to the modern world and so the ego can get you in a lot of trouble here and you know by using microdosing substances it's um it's helped me dampen the ego and make better decisions in many ways so Mm. i still do it about twice a week uh i generally like to spend that time uh either in deep thought or deep work Uh, and it's i gotta say probably one of the more profound uh just entering into that world of psychedelics has been one of the more profound changes that I've had over the past year at least. Mm-hmm. So I, I, re- I don't want to recommend it to people because it's not certainly not for everybody. Um, but there are plenty of websites out there and we've done an episode with Paul Austin, uh, who's become yeah. a friend uh, from the third wave. And I would encourage people to check out the third wave, but check out that episode if they want to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. In general, you know, the, these, everything we've, we've talked about, it's, it varies, you mm-hmm. know, like we and people on this podcast, they just talk about the things that, that help them tick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I feel like we need to have a bit more conversation with the people listening to this, yeah. you know, like anyone who's listening to this right now, you know, we want you to let us know. Also, what what you'd like us to touch, mm-hmm. 
But with that said, you know, what would you like to see? Because we are working on on the newsletter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Boomer, Boomer is currently working on a newsletter, and with with your, and it needs to be, you know, hand in hand. He wants to provide value for y'all, and if y'all want that value, we want to hear from you, and and know what you want to hear more about because you've heard like along this along along the lines here boomer is doing a lot of things but you know there's not he he if he needs to if he needs to write about one thing it'll take a little while so we want to know from you what what would you like to 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 hear more about what processes what all these kinds of things so we can get guided into giving you the best content intent possible and also bring the best guests yeah so amazing man that was uh very, anyway, very well said thank you anyway i i wanna i wanna get back to something that you were touching and that will probably close our yeah. uh discussion for today and it's you've been, I told, I said it last time, but you've, you've made a transformation Mm -hmm. this year and you've, yeah, you've, you've just transformed yourself and, and, and I'm sure that, that people feel it, but also I want you to talk about, about patience and about the things (laughs) that you've kind of drew from, from this, this whole, this whole year of, total chaos which you know is supposed to bog a lot of people down yeah that's um wow okay so let's see how we can we can uh unpack this you mentioned the word patience which is something that i almost had the antithesis of so i was very very impatient most of my life and actually trying to force things to either work when they didn't or to force something to happen sooner than it probably should. And so what's ironic about this year is, uh, I alluded to this many times earlier, but you know I've spent most of my time on the road in the past and now I'm forced to sit in one place for a undisclosed period of time. As a result, that has really forced me to develop patience. And so being able to develop patience around that and being able to say like, hey, I don't need to accomplish a hundred to-dos in every single day. I can take this slow and kind of make sure it's done right. That has been transformative in and of itself. Um, Being patient with other people and just making sure that, you know, they have what they need in order to succeed. They have what they need in order to thrive and not necessarily expecting them to behave in whatever convoluted message that I have in my head is. Mm. Uh, and so that, that, that's been transformative in itself. Uh, in terms of just things that I, I've had to do in that process is just kind of uh, letting go of, of certain attachments, uh, which I'm not sure how I'm going to expand on that, but I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but also, uh, I think there's a lot to be learned from great books out there. And so a lot of the stuff that are a lot of the benefits of 2020 for me has been able to assimilate uh, a lot of this information that I'm learning from these books and kind of run these experiments in my life to see what works and what doesn't. And a lot of these uh, these books that I'm reading, you know, sometimes the stuff doesn't work and that's okay. You throw it out. But uh, being able to 
um, really take that information in and implement it has been transformative. And then uh, one of the later things, um, or at least on the sort of brain front, as being able to accept that I don't have to do everything. And if it's okay to say no, and actually embracing no is the path to uh, getting, being more effective. And so I've, I've actually become a lot better at saying no. Uh, Again, it's still a journey to me because I used to be a yes man. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. Because in my old finance career, that served me quite well. But now it's certainly um, not serving me as well. And so I've been a lot more cognizant of saying no more often. Now, um, from a, because this is also a conversation around health optimization, there's certain things that I've done throughout this year that has helped me optimize my health. Um, and brain power. And so let's get into a couple of those. From a health perspective, uh, sometimes it's easy to ignore the canary in the coal mine at the um, at the really benefit of looking at what is sexy. And so this year I focused very, very much on something that wasn't very sexy to me, but I knew would be beneficial. And that has been gut health and just making sure that I have um, an optimal microbiome for me. Now we talked a little bit about what's been going on with my diet, um, but also looking at just making sure and rigorously testing this through things like three-day stool tests uh, to identify what the bacterial imbalances are, presences of fungus, et cetera, and just making sure that those are actually being dealt with. Uh, So embracing the things that are not sexy has been very, very beneficial. The uh, On the cognitive side, obviously I, I do a lot of work with transcriptions or I am part of transcriptions and that has brought a lot more knowledge uh, to the brain for me and sort of redefining nootropics as um, not only... Uh, chemical compounds, but also lifestyle uh, components and looking at adding more lifestyle components to uh, enhance brain function. And so from lifestyle components, um, lifestyle components, I've really geared my diet towards both optimal nervous system function. So the ability to um, respond to stress, uh, but also uh, really, um, cognitive function as well. So using uh, strategic things like fasting to help my brain run better. Now on the compound side of things, uh, what's great about uh, being a part of transcriptions is that I get to experiment with a lot of different uh, compounds in the, in the background that people don't necessarily get to see. Um, I still have this fascination and have talked to Neil Grumberg about nicotine in general. And I think nicotine is one of the most fascinating compounds in the world if you can use it correctly. Um, but also I love blue canatine and it's one of my favorite uh, go-to nootropics in terms of brain performance. So that kind of gives you a la- landscape of what's kind of what's been transformative for me over the course of the year. And What's been more funny than anything else is that I went away from finance uh, and towards this health path, and now I'm kind of merging the two, and it's been an amazing journey. And Roy, thank you for being a part of it, my friend. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, 
I think we should do another an- another podcast about um, that revives around this connection between finances and and health, mm-hmm. and uh, because just because you know uh, health and healthy lifestyle brings some it it does bring up some costs yeah. right it does bring bring up some uh, um decisions you got to make what are you what are you investing in what are you invested in mm-hmm. and i think that we're in that point where maybe next jam session we'll we'll expand on investing yeah we certainly can that's uh i'd love to do that my friend do we need to wrap up here I think I think we're I think we're we've we've fed people with a bunch of information and what's I will your number repeat, what's your number one book of the year before we close out my, oh my number we're talking about me now shit um I mean I've been kind of I I've talked about Trevor Moad in yeah. the last uh in the last podcast and that book really affected me I wanna. I want to say, I want to give you a book, Mm -hmm. but I've read so many things and I've read about so many subjects this year, but mainly I've learned so much about my nervous system Mm -hmm. and about how it works and about uh, fight or flight. And I really uh, recommend people indulge in stuff like stoicism. Mm -hmm. And if you guys are a part of waking up app, then yeah. go and try go and try the course. There's a course about stoicism there. It's I think it's mm-hmm. one hour basically yep. of of info, but it's golden, and it tells you about negative visualization and it breaks down in the most. Uh, um, it's just so tangible and 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 it makes you learn a lot about it because I think stoicism can actually eliminate a lot of a, a lot of patterns. Mm-hmm. It 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 it, it, it it's in my life it, it's it's transformative in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, I'll tell you that. And Kaizen has been an amazing thing I've been looking into for a while now. Yeah. Uh, Bob Mauer has some amazing books about it, um, about just the way that fight or flight works, mm-hmm. and and why you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Yeah, because you know uh, people are. You know, they, they don't want to be afraid because of this, uh, um, the way that we see ourselves mm-hmm. or whatnot. So I don't want to give one book away because I think there's, there's so much, but I would look into these. I'm looking into these areas and now um, epigenetics has been a, a big part Ooh, of that. That's something I know a little bit about, um, so we can chat about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are my favorites. I think uh, we, we want to close it around here. And also, again, like I, I urge you guys to just like let Boomer know what's up. And yeah. because he really, I know that guy and he puts all his heart and soul to what he does. And I think he deserves to kind of know what's what's going on your side and what would you like to know more about so, so he can tailor more uh, that content uh, to you. And there's stuff coming up in 2021 that you'll know about very soon. Yeah. But with that said, we love hearing from you guys. So just like, let us know what's up. Thank you, Roy. And yeah, 
Roy's right. There's a lot of stuff coming up in 2021, a lot of really exciting things. We're going to get the signal, which is the newsletter rolling out. And I, I would really appreciate it um, if you either A, email me uh, or just get in touch with me on social media and let you know what you want to hear about in those newsletters because this stuff is for you. Yes, of course, it's um, somewhat a self-serving exploration and education, but also uh, this stuff is for you guys, the audience. And so, um, you know, I would encourage you guys all to subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow me on Instagram, get on the email list because there's going to be a lot of fun shit coming out in 2021. Fun shit. Awesome, bro. I appreciate you, Roy. You are an epic individual and... I'm probably interrupting your surf time right now, so I need to let you go. Nah, you're good. I love you, brother. Love you too, my friend. Take care, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.